Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by Audit Board. Hello, everybody. Today on the show, we have Amanda Hill. She is an IT audit senior manager for a global consulting firm. To give a little insight into how the show works. So we usually will do a 30 minute pre-recording call with the guest, understand what topics they're especially passionate about. And then we also have a list of 20 plus questions, depending on the guest, their background, their current role. I'll pick four or five of those questions, ask those, take their answers, and then rephrase them so that we don't end up asking the same questions over and over other than those four, three or four initial questions that we've started asking people uh, at the beginning of each show. And when I was talking to Amanda on the, uh, that initial pre-recording, I didn't think we got to any of those questions. We just had this like conversation about audit, what needs to be fixed, all this great stuff. And so I told her, I was like, let's just kind of wing it uh, when we do the recording and we'll just kind of talk. So there was no prep or anything. And I was really surprised even when I asked about like her favorite song, immediately she had an answer. Uh, so it was very impressive. Probably one of the, the best just straight up Q and A um, interviews that we've had as far as just nailing it without any prep. Very impressive. I think I say it at some point in the show, but like any interview she ever goes in for any job, I'm very positive she's going to get that job based on her interview skills. But anyway, we do have, uh, as a result of that, there are some topics that we hit on. Um, something I want to start doing more often is to get an audit tip from each guest. And so I think Amanda is the first one we do that with. Uh, also how auditors should utilize their time, how chief audit executives can build their audit departments, uh, advice for interviewing. I think Amanda is a fantastic resource for that. Uh, the biggest problem internal audit is currently facing and we asked the question, if you were coming back on the show a year from now, what would we be talking about? Uh, she, she gives a really fantastic answer there. So here we go. So what song would pull you out of a bad mood? Or what song, if heard on the radio, you crank up the volume, roll the windows up and start singing to yourself? Uh, every single time without fail, Let Your Love Flow by the Bellamy Brothers. I think it's classified classified as yacht rock, um, but that song every single time instantly puts me in a good mood. Okay, you were the first person to ever answer that so quickly without any warning. <laughs> like you didn't know that we we're going to ask that question, and I've never heard anybody just immediately go, "Yep, this is the one." That's that's my that's my go to happy song. What is a favorite tool of yours? Either like productivity tool, physical tool. Um, we've had people say. <laughs> One person said their favorite tool is a leaf blower, uh, <laughs> which I appreciate. I literally spent an hour this morning um, sure. just blowing out the driveway and all that kind of good stuff. So um, what is a favorite productivity or a favorite tool of yours? Sure. So I'd probably say anything that helps me measure. So whether that's, you know, a measuring tape, mm -hmm. I commonly keep one on my person on in my regular day to day. 
um, you know, Power BI to help me measure analytics, metrics, et cetera, anything that's going to help me measure whatever it is I'm trying to do, whatever task I'm focused on, or whatever objective I'm trying to accomplish. All right. We have a new favorite answer. That is my new favorite answer then. <laughs> Did you say you keep a tape measure in your purse? On my person. Yep. Every, usually. So there's one in my bag 99.9% .9 of the time. Or yes. any and everything, um, whether it's I'm out and I see a piece of furniture I have to have, will it fit this space? Will it fit in my vehicle? Yeah. Or um, I don't know. I just have an interest in metrics, I guess okay. you could say. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know my wife has done the same when we were like moving. She would always have one in her purse to measure stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Uh, if you could grab every auditor in the world by the shoulders. Whew and shake them and say, will you please just do this one thing? What would that be? Ask more insightful questions. Mm -hmm. um, connect the dots, you know, think about what it is you're truly getting at with the questions that you're, the line of questions, you know, excuse me, the line of questions um, that you have, you know, just understanding what's your true objective here? You know, what's the true risk you're trying to mitigate? Um, or even if it's just to learn the business, not necessarily, you know, get into the the granularity of risk, but just to learn the business, be insightful and connect the dots. Um, and yeah, just ask better questions, you know, more insightful questions. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show and uh, one of one of our first guests, Robert Berry, has written a book about how to how auditors can ask better questions. So I think that's a great resource. But awesome. if, you, if, if there was some guidance you could pass along on how to ask better questions, what would that be? Sure. Um, you know, again, you know, take five minutes to understand what you're truly trying to get at, understand how it relates to either the project at hand or the bigger picture um, and ask, you know, those open ended questions. Don't ask yes or no questions. Get get whomever you're speaking to talking and opening up. And I mean, that's where the, the real insight, in my opinion, comes from. Um, you don't just want to go down your checklist of yes or no, yes or no, we do this, we don't do that. Um, you know, you want to get them open, you know, your, your stakeholders, your auditees open and, and chatting and, and having a more comfortable and dare I say casual conversation, because that's where their true, you know, what's top of mind for them is really going to shine through. Um, and not even what's top of mind from a risk standpoint, but what's gone well, what are the, some recent, you know, achievements or, you know, what are some recent projects that have crossed the finish line? All of that is going to help guide and inform your audit program. I like that. What's gone well question um, in terms of like project and successes and things. Oh, like yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. If nothing else, I think it helps um, build the relationship a bit more because it's not like, oh, here's audit to bust us on something. It's like, yeah, we like care about what you're doing and are interested and want to know. I like that one. Thousand percent. If there, and this might be a question that's similar to what I just asked, or based on your answer. Um, but what's an audit tip that you could pass along to the listeners? An audit tip. Um... I guess for the junior auditors, just breathe, right? Like it's okay. You know, I know, you know, what we do a lot is, you know, not the most welcoming or inviting task that is in, you know, an individual's day-to-day -day where audit is what it is. But, you know, to the junior auditors, breathe, ask those questions, you know, take, take good notes, et cetera. Um, for the more senior, maybe at the manager level um, and above, you know, just continue to build those relationships. That's where pardon the cliche, but that's where the magic is going to happen, both to drive value to the business as well as to accomplish objectives, both on the audit side and on the business side. You mentioned earlier that you like to measure things. <laughs> yes. Um, and so how would you measure or how would you metric yourself as far as like, what are you metriced on? 
Um, what does that make sense? Yeah, kind of like, so I measure my utilization. So where am I spending my time? Um, you know, am I focused on, you know, continuous risk assessments? Am I focused on testing? Even down to, you know, how much time am I spending on emails, et cetera? How much time am I spending on building those relationships, whether it's formal or informal? Um, I kind of try to break down and quantify when and where I can my day-to-day -day essentially, so that when I get to the end of a quarter, a year, et cetera, I can do a look back and say, okay, this is how I spent my time. You know, what are some areas that might need more focus or where are some areas that I can streamline? Again, what, you know, where, where was that, that sweet spot? Where did I spend just the right amount of time doing just the right things? Um, so yeah, I think, you know, unless you want something more, you know, detailed in, into my actual audit work, I think as a whole, regardless of the role that I'm in, whether it's audit or risk, et cetera, I'm constantly keeping track of and again, quote, measuring what it is I'm doing. Nice. Do you have a uh, a tool that you use to do that or you just look <laughs> back at your calendar or I am super old school. I'm super old school and I love my trusty Excel notebook. I have oh. my one Excel notebook with like 50 tabs full of all of my information, notes, things I need. Um, it's pretty well organized, but at the same time, I'm sure some, some data analysts would argue that maybe I could take a few steps into, um, you know, some, some modernization, but I'm very happy and comfortable in Excel. So the tool that works best for you is the best tool. That's what, <laughs> there you go. I like uh, that. Someone yeah. told me the best, they said, you know what, I was talking about this process I use for prioritization and execution. Um, and they said, you know, the best tool, they said, you know what the best tool in the world for that is. And I was like, oh, what? Like, I just figured this thing out. I don't want to have to switch already. And they're like <laughs> the one that works best for you. And I was like, thank God. I thought you were about to tell me to read this book and apply this right you know, other way of doing it. So anyway, I like that. All right. If you were going to start, or let's say you got brought in as a chief audit executive and they said, um, you're the only auditor we have, you have unlimited resources, unlimited budget, build it out however you want to, short of giving yourself a pay raise with that unlimited budget. What would you, <laughs> like, where would you start? How would you build it? What would that look like? Sure. First of all, to hear someone tell an auditor they have unlimited budget, right. um, I think I'd start with a celebration. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, I think, um, you know, I'd, I'd certainly hire an analyst of some sort, whether it's data or someone with a risk or audit background, um, just to kind of help me sift and sort through the data, understand, you know, what my environment is, how I'm going to maybe divide and conquer, you know, parse it out, you know, what am I going to do, how to prioritize, what am I going to do first, second, third, et cetera. Um, you know, I think going back to the relationship side, it's meeting those key stakeholders, understanding, you know, kind of the top priorities and objectives of the business as a whole, um, you know, maybe some previous, you know, kind of concerns or issues, if you will, um, you know, as well as, you know, an understanding of the, the inherent risk to, to whatever the business is. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd hire an analyst. I'd kind of, you know, understand how to organize. Um, again, going going back to divide and conquer. Um, you know, meet meet with folks as often as possible to build those relationships. I cannot stress that enough. Um, and I think from there, you know, start to build on or start to build out, you know, the the kind of methodology that I would want to use for my audit shop to say, this is how we're going to do things, why we're going to do things, um, you know, when you go forth and execute on an audit project. You've mentioned the importance of relationships a mm -hmm. couple of different times. Mm -hmm. Do you have like a success story of because I have this relationship, it led to this result, like because I had this great relationship, it led to this result, or even um, the other side of that, I didn't have the relationship with this person, 
that I maybe should have or wished I had? And because of that, there was a negative result? A little bit of both, actually. So um, one of my previous companies, I walked in the door as a senior auditor and was handed a very large task related to uh, an, an OCC MRA, a matter requiring attention. It was a huge issue, regulatory issue. And we were trying to, I say we, the, the folks involved, um, you know, our key stakeholders we're trying to not only wrap up the design, um, but also implement this so that we could show the regulators, hey, you know, we've we've done our due diligence, let's remove the MRA. Um, so long story short, I'm brand new to the firm, I'm still a senior auditor, and I was handed, hey, Amanda, you're gonna be tasked with helping our, our internal key stakeholders wrap this project up. Well, the, uh, the head of, if you will, kind of took one look at me and said, who the heck are you, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh -huh. um, why are you here? What are you doing? You know. What, what, where, what, what credibility do you have? So it took some time um, for me to, to establish that credibility and say, look, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I'm coming from, a, a, you know, another major bank, et cetera. Um, you know, I've, I've experienced this before. I'm here to help, right, not hinder. Um, I think that was kind of the biggest message I had to deliver. Um, long story short, you know, we were able to wrap up that, that MRA project. Um, you know, we, the, 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 the stakeholders presented to, to the regulator um, we were able to pass without muster, et cetera. Well, due to the nature of what that project was, I continued to work with this leader, I, you know, in my day-to-day -day on a regular basis. Um, and to this day, he's still someone that I look up to as a mentor. And it got to the point in our day-to-day, -day, he would kind of bypass any and all um, other, you know, modes of, of um, communication and just call me straight on the phone. Amanda, this just came up. Amanda, we have this issue, yada, yada. So we were able to, I'll say more real-time, you know, Ta tackle risk object or not objects, risk items, um, you know, or issues as they arose, you know, as the, you know, as the business evolved and throughout the course of business, um, because I was able to, or we, I'm going to say we were able to establish, you know, a really healthy professional relationship. So it took some time, um, you know what I mean? And I, I did have to have to establish my credibility, but I think from there, you know, just continuing to, to not give up on the relationship, right. To, to, to understand the importance and to see through any of that initial noise, we got to, to a much better standing. Again, he continues to serve, serve as a mentor to me today. Um, and like I said, we were able to accomplish more um, real-time goals, if you will, because it was such an easy, you know, back and forth. And, you know, he wasn't, he didn't hesitate to pick up the phone and, and nor did I. So yeah. I, was, I was realizing as you were answering that, that like we've basically just been throwing questions at you. <laughs> sure. And so it got me curious now because you've been able to answer them like so like there was no prep on this. I didn't send you any of these questions in advance. We had like a short conversation. Hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, that's great. Cool. Um, and then this is probably the most just like kind of grip it and rip it episode we've ever done. I love it. You have an answer immediately for everything. And so as you, as you're answering these questions where a lot of times people will be like, Ooh, uh, mm, let me, let me, you have to be like the greatest interviewer ever. <laughs> I couldn't imagine like you going to applying to any job and then just at, at a minimum going, dude, she crushed that interview. And so that kind of got me thinking, uh, along this track, if you were, interviewing someone, if you were asking the question of a potential new hire within the internal audit uh, department, what's a question that you would ask them? Like what if you, you, let's maybe put it this way. You only have one question you can ask them. What would that question be? 
So now, now you're going to make me pause and think. Um, <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have kind of two questions that I like to ask. Can I, can I make it two questions? We or can just, make it two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. two questions. I like to understand how people think, and I like to understand who they are as a person. So for how people think, I ask them to describe to me a time where they had to solve a difficult problem and what the outcome was. Um, and then the second one, I always ask this, and some, especially for internal audit folks, this might seem a bit kind of untraditional away from the norm. I like to ask people what they like to do for fun. I want to know who they are as a person, what motivates them, what drives them, um, what do they enjoy, what 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 brings them joy in, in this life. So. All right. Well, let's flip it around then. Uh, <laughs> what do you like to do for fun? Sure. So I'm super outdoorsy. Um, you know, I love to run. I love to ride my bike. I love going on hikes. Um, being in Colorado, I took up uh, trail running. Um, and then with my recent relocation to uh, the Chicago area, I hope to take up a few more water sports being right there on the lake. So what's the biggest problem you see internal audit facing right now and how can it be fixed? Um, I think it's kind of, I, I'm speaking from my just personal, my own perspective, I'll say, but I kind of see two primary um, issues or challenges, if you will. I think that the profession as a whole, among other professions, we've got the staffing shortage, right? Finding kind of good quality auditors, um, you know, that are passionate about what they do, enjoy what they do and have, you know, the appropriate skill sets, um, et cetera. And then two, and, you know, this might be a bit more unique to some of my own personal experience, but just engaging leadership on emerging trends and risks. And, you know, one thing that's top of mind for me is anything data related. Mm -hmm. I, I've just, I've struggled in the past few years to have leadership across the board, whether it's, you know, within an IT function or on the business side, um, understand the importance of data and that we need to put you know, eyes, ears, and, and dollars on at least wrangling it, right? To even drive insights internally, but much less to turn it into an asset into something valuable and a, a differentiator. So I think those are kind of my top two, you know, I did kind of get specific with the data piece, but mm -hmm. just having leadership's buy-in on some of these emerging risks, especially if it's not something that, you know, is immediately under their purview or that they're disciplined in, um, just getting that that buy-in and, and ha having them, you know, see and understand the importance of certain risks and why they matter. And let's say, speaking of emerging emerging risks, this might tie in. Let's say you come back on the show one year from now. What will we be talking about then? Oh, in one year, probably more cyber risk um, for sure. Hopefully, we will not be talking about COVID or recession. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the audit profession as a whole, perhaps new trends, right? New automation trends, you know, how we're able to continue as a, in the profession as a whole, how we're able to continue to move forward with, um, you know, streamline, streamlining and optimization, excuse me, I can't talk, streamlining and optimizing what we do, right? So we're spending less time in paperwork and more time helping organizations, you know, solve challenging problems, get projects over the finish line, drive value, et cetera. In the background, you know, we've got all of our automation with our, you know, streamlined continuous monitoring and continuous auditing and kind of doing that legwork. Yeah, I've started to see a bit more of a, uh, maybe an uptick in the trend around automation. It seems like automation starting to become bigger, especially with RPA and people kind of understanding what RPA is and how it could be used. Um, those use cases are still kind of being, uh, I guess, fleshed out amongst a lot of internal audit folks, but there certainly are some. Um, we had Bryant Richards on, and he's like the RPA 
person. Um, and so if anybody's looking uh, to get into RPA slash automation, that would be a good episode to check out. So Amanda, thank you very much for your time, especially since we gave you zero prep on these <laughs> questions. Uh, and I thought you've been fantastic. And um, not only just like how quickly you're able to answer, but then the quality of the answer was really good also. Um, so with that, we will give you the floor now to say literally whatever you want to leave the audience with whatever you'd like. Sure. So I think, you know, especially considering this audience, what I'd most like to leave behind is, you know, take charge of your career, no matter what level you're at um, or where, where you're trying to get to, just take ownership of your career. And taking ownership can can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't have to look like what's expected um, or what you think it should look like. Um, you know, participating in podcasts, going to conferences, meeting people, you know, outside of your organization, but perhaps still within the profession, um, you know, mentoring youth, wh whatever that looks like to you, just take ownership of your career. And the more, the more dynamic your career is, um, the more rewarding it is. And the reward doesn't have to come from that next promotion or that next step up the ladder. Um, it can come from fulfilling activities and, and again, rewarding activities um, that you endeavor to, to pursue on your own. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.